I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at PurePleasureShop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit PleasurePodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Cluck, cluck, cluck. Cluck, cluck, cluck. So I don't know if you all know, but we have a mascot at Shameless Sex, and it's a chicken. And her name's Cluck, cluck. Yeah. And she's right outside our studio. She's actually guarding our studio. And we don't live on a farm. No. We live on a property. It's like a residential neighborhood. In the middle of Santa Cruz, and it's an urban farm. There's only one chicken left, and the property owner had about five or six and Cluck Cluck's been solo. She's for, been here for years. For I think four years by herself because all the other ones died. And the breed that she is, you can't introduce new chickens. And we have two easily. little dogs here who, one, are like totally cool with her, but they're not doing shit other than laying here and being lazy and cute. She's guarding us outside the door right now. Yeah, I see you. You're looking me in the eyes. I see you. I love you, Cluck. Cluck Cluck. She gives us one egg a day. I, I know. love her. Oh, okay. Anyways, that's not what this podcast is about, but that's what. It's not about chickens. Did we just change it oh, up? Oh, yes. This We're giving up our sex and relationships chickens. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a farming and yeah. tractor podcast. I would not know much. I watch tractor shows. I could interview my father, yeah. but I don't want to. Yeah, he does a lot of tractors. All right. So uh, <laughs> this is a wonderful podcast with Malia Manning about breakups and how to deal from toxic, I'm doing air quotes, toxic relationships. Toxic, I think for a lot of people could be a little conflicting because what does that mean? Uh, is that abusive? Is that mean manipulative? Does that mean like you lost yourself or harmful? I think ultimately what it will come down to is something that you could you could feel in your inner being that was not helping you to be yourself or your growing self or your best self. And in fact, you were losing yourself. Um, but she will elaborate way more she on that. She does a great job of breaking down what it feels or is to be in a toxic relationship that was valuable to me when we recorded and the healing piece of it i think is really interesting because it's not just like i'm all good you know there's trauma and pain and and shame there and whether you're in one you've been in one or maybe in the future you might be in also breakups aren't just breakups if you're a boyfriend girlfriend 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 boyfriend it could be like dating breakups it's also divorce Divorce, yeah divorce is a breakup with paperwork and this isn't just about breakups with toxic relationships and asset division yeah that's (laughs) but it's also breakups that could come from a beautiful place too like a wonderful relationship so so much wonderful information here stay tuned we've done an episode with the author that wrote the book on the conscious uncoupling conscious yes exactly conscious uncoupling kathleen uh i'll have to look up her name at the moment just look up conscious uncoupling it's cool but uh she's been on our show and that's not always available though if you're talking about toxic relationship i don't know about talk sorry toxic uh, conscious uncoupling with a well actually now i'm a little confused about that one because i i feel like so my, that relationship that I had, the one that I, you know, we don't use names here, but the one that was that I think I talk about on this episode that was really hurtful to me for so many years. You got it. I see it. Catherine Woodward Thomas. Yes. Conscious Uncoupling is episode number 129. Yes. Catherine Woodward Thomas. She's actually one of 
the most renowned New York Times bestselling author, Five Steps to What Conscious Uncoupling Looks Like. Yeah. And we didn't touch on that in the episode. However, if that's something that you're interested in, definitely check out her book and or that episode. Yeah. And so so I was saying about the the part about like, how do you, can you consciously uncouple from a toxic relationship? I think I had this experience where I actually did that somewhat from a relationship that I will identify as toxic and really hurtful and harmful to my being. And I lost myself and I chose to like, I, I play my own part, but, uh, so I think th- this is the, the, the kicker. I think we consciously uncoupled, but then two years later, I remembered all the hurt and pain that I did, didn't allow myself to feel for five and a half years in that relationship because it's too scary to feel it. Like I'd lose everything, uh, meaning like attention and affection. And so uh, my answer to my own question is yes, maybe and no. So, <laughs> but stay tuned, uh, whether you're going through a breakup, you've been through a breakup, you're in a toxic relationship, or also you're just interested in wanting to learn more because breakups happen to a lot of people. I'm raising my hand right now because yeah. I want to say something. What do you have? Whether you're in a relationship, going through a breakup, you're married, you're divorced. We're going to be in Costa Rica in November. <laughs> you, if you are a vulva-owning human, but you, you identify. But vulva-owning human. You should come and join us because we have one spot that just emerged. And, it, well, it can be for two people. Mm-hmm. And, or if you want to ball out and treat yourself uh, and immerse yourself in the beauty of shameless sex, one-on-one slash, I guess it'd be two-on-one, but it's going to be a, a group of us, not that many people. Yeah, uh, like 17 people. There's educators there. So there's, it's a retreat, everyone. It's a retreat. The, the shameless sex yeah, retreat. Yeah, shameless sex retreat. I just wanted to capture you with yeah. luxury yeah. and shameless sex. Or maybe you're like, I'm going through a breakup, but fuck that. Women I'm going to go amazing. and be with some badass women and go have a yes. great time. Or if time. you're married and you want to be with a bunch of badass yeah, women. Yeah, that too. We're almost sold out. Yeah. Well, this, yeah. This well, one, we were one, sold out, and then one spot came. One up. spot left, so it's for a suite for BFF. So it's like a really big suite with it. Blah blah blah. You don't need all the bells and whistles. Go look on the website. But this is going to be in a beautiful place where you can drop in and leave feeling nourished. You'll have more community, more friends. You'll probably feel way more embodied in your sexuality, more connected to your sensuality. All the things, all these aspects, like will be a part of this retreat. That's the. Na- the that's the one trip that I've been looking forward to all year. I don't have any other vacations planned either. Like, is it November yet? Is it November it's yet? It's everyone. So we have interviews with every single woman that has signed up and they're all so incredible. If you're listening, we love you. Yeah. And th- we can't wait I'm for the next person or two because if you're comfortable sharing a king bed, then you can get that room. And if you want your own room, then that's there for you too. And to go learn more, just go to our website, shamelesssex.com. There's a whole video there. There's a link. You can find all the information Come and play with us because space is limited. So the sex question, though. <clears throat> Are you ready? Is cluck. it about cluck cluck? Wait. Yeah. So my chicken. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. My husband, though. <laughs> All the hens are in the coop. My cock. Uh, no. It's, okay. Let's it's, it's, be serious. <clears throat> my husband is very attentive to my needs during sex and always makes sure I get off three to five times before he finishes. Wow. But it takes him a long time to orgasm. And the only way he's ever able to finish is for me to be on my back with my legs crisscrossed while he jackhammers me. Not only does this cause a lot of back pain and hip cramps, but he's accident accidentally came out and made it into the back door on accident a few the times. Anal oh, cavity. Oh god, it feels like someone punched you in the stomach. Oh. So now I have to wear a butt plug for safety. Wow. 
Smart, actually. But yeah, uh, so much to say about that. None of this feels sexy or desirable, and I end up avoiding sex a lot. I've asked about trying different things, but with nothing specific to suggest, my questions just end up pushing him away. What can I do to make sex good for both of us? This is a great question. I know. I So this question came in this last week, and we get questions every day, everyone. So if we don't answer your questions, it's not personal. We look at certain ones, and we're like, you know, how we want them to be different and, and speak to a lot of people. Can I speak to us for a second yeah. though? Because number one, most of the questions that we receive have been answered in prior episodes. Yeah. And number two, we're going to have a book out soon, which will answer most, most questions. <laughs> questions. Yeah. And November 14th, everyone look out. 2023. We haven't promoted it yet. It We will do soon. So, yes. and our book is uh, our pride and joy. However, this question in particular, I'm trying to figure out if okay, it fits into one of the categories. So, okay. So, well, I, what I'm seeing here is, so he gets off in a very specific way. He, so, so let's say this, he's really attentive to her. She gets, you know, three to five orgasms and he takes a long time to orgasm, but he has this one specific way and her body needs to be in a certain position that's very tight and cramped. So the cross-legged position, that, that sounds like it would be because it's cervical that like it could be pounding on your cervix well, I mean, in that position. No matter what, I mean, she's saying she's her back hurts and her and hips hurt. So okay. and it's jackhammering and and this is the one way that he knows how to get off. So let's. I don't want to shame him for his way of getting off, and I want to give kudos to her for reaching out about it and being like, I I want to let I want to do something about this. So April and I talk about this all the time. We often think we can only orgasm a certain way. Uh, and, you know, often it has to do with how we used to masturbate when we were kids. Like, say your partner, I don't know if uh, your, your your husband, yeah, your husband was young. He may have been a young person who had to, like, masturbate really quick and hard and fast before some, you know, adults walked into the room in his bedroom or in the shower or something. And so his body got very used to that. Or that's how he first started having actual penetrative sex with someone. There's something about this position. There's like a tightness. The legs crisscross is like a t- your, it's like tightens your pussy, right? It didn't say anything about fast though. Jack hammering. Oh, jackhammers oh, me. Oh, okay. okay. I was rereading the question. Okay, the yeah. jackhammers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, jackhammering. While he's... Okay, got it. So this end of the experience that maybe whether it takes him one minute, two minutes, or 20 minutes, and it's not feeling good for your body, is it working for you? Also, when you have an orgasm as a vulva owner, sometimes you can be more sensitive. So if um, this person's orgasming three to five times all of her bits might be a little bit engorged with blood flow and it can be more sensitive. Like all of your bits can be more sensitive. Or, At least for me, I know that's the case for me. For me, they actually have more capacity to handle. Oh, I more can intensity. have less. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Whoa. I like when I'm, when I'm in that, it depends if it's like overstimulation, the clit, the clit's like, leave me alone. But when my, when I've had a lot of orgasms, like a general orgasms where, where my muscles have contracted a lot, I, I have more uh, space. And I'm, I'm in more of that. Like, I really want you to just fuck oh, me. See, Space. I can't be fucked really hard. I can take some external. This is why you have to. Everyone's different. Speak to your partner yeah. and figure out what happens. Because I always tell my partner like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's yeah. slow this down. And he also needs a bit of jackhammering to orgasm. And if I've already orgasmed two or three I don't know, five times, that's that's like, that'd be a lot for me. So there's a lot of options here on the table. Number one, if he needs jackhammering, meaning really hard and fast in a certain position, and your body can't handle it, maybe he uses his own hand. 
maybe you use your hands like your body is not hit like the your body's not the whole like it's not your body's job to serve a purpose to get someone off for their specific way that's not feeling good for you if it felt good for you that would be fabulous but if it doesn't feel good for you in fact is causing pain then that's not something that you in my opinion uh should i'm shooting we don't usually should uh continue on with because it's hurt it's hurting you like and i maybe not hurting in this way where you're like having you have to go to the hospital or what or whatever but you're not enjoying it you said it's not desirable so you know, option one hey i see this is the way you get off when we get to this point my body is not is I'll let you know when my body can't handle it anymore doesn't want to do this anymore and then you know you can tend to you and I'm happy to watch or maybe I'll masturbate while you tend to you or we can do something else with my hands or a sex toy bring out like the hot octopus while, essential while solo like he masturbates he or can use that I mean use that, that thing could then, jackhammer the head of his and cock then if she wants to use a sex toy just watch yeah like, I want to watch you or Option B is, hey, this isn't working for me. This actually ends. This hurts. I re- and I'd start with the positive. I really appreciate how attentive you are. The three to five orgasms you give me. Thank you so much. Love all of that. And, you know, when it comes to the end and, and my body in this specific position with the, the like really fast, hard movement, it's re- it's hurting my body. And so I need to find a different way to work with you for this to feel good for both of us. So let's discover what that is. And that might be trying different positions and he might not come right away. He might not come for the first one, two, five, ten times, but he pro- with more practice, he could potentially learn to. And the last thing I'll say, and I know April has something to say is I would say <clears throat> if he's open to this, his homework would be to masturbate slow and soft with mm, his, with one. his hands, lube, slow, soft, so that he can teach his body to not need to jackhammer with a specific position to orgasm. Uh, just like if I wanted to unlearn how to uh, say I, if I thought I could only orgasm with a vibrator, I would just need to practice orgasm, but touching myself in other ways. And For I like 30 days or 60 days or however long it takes. Or if I'm lucky a week, but probably not. But like, you know, it, it's it's a practice and we can learn it because what's our largest sex organ? Our brain. Yes. So but these are different options. It depends what he's open to. But like no matter what, you sound like you have your needs and boundaries stick to those and stand for them. It also sounds like she's expressed her needs and boundaries because she said, I've asked about trying different things, but with nothing specific to suggest, my questions just end up pushing him away. She doesn't have that. And then she said she doesn't want sex. But she doesn't have the so, thing to suggest. So you could suggest, can we try different ways? Like I, so I think if you had, if, if you state, hey, this is a bit painful for me, maybe if it's painful all the time, the crisscross, uh, applesauce, uh, penetration, jackhammer, hip pain and, after. And I like I can't do this all the time or even any time or ever. What, whenever, yeah. whatever that is for you, because sometimes you might be like, I'm into it. It yeah. feels I can't feel it because I put CBD cream on my on my I mean, hips. I'll be into like I'm like I want to fuck so, me hard and fast, and then I'll hit a point. I'm like, okay, now I'm good, and that's it. So that, but that being said. If the position thing that you suggested, Amy, I think was where I was going as well, trying different positions and getting him out of his head, I think with this is the one way I can orgasm and this the self-stimulation the self-pleasuring practice and even doing that in front of each other which we've talked about a lot on our show i think is a really good practice 
it gets really intimate and deep, especially in long-term partnerships. Even if you've only been together for one year, that can be a long-term partnership, 20 years. That can be a really great practice to figure out other ways to help your partner orgasm while you're in an experience together, just watching them. And it can be awkward, but it can also be really opening. And though, if you're just watching them and they're just jackhammering their cock with their own hand, it's not going to fix the thing that's happening in your sex. So you still need to speak to the thing that's not working for you. And I would say if you are a hard no to this jackhammering situation, then just say, hey, babe, I love you so much. I love that you help me orgasm three to five times before you orgasm however that hurts me and there's these there's these tanga eggs there's these fleshlights i can like stroke you off and jackhammer you and watch you orgasm that could be really hot there's the the hot octopus solo there's the hot there are other so many avenues that you can you can try if you have to wear a butt plug to plug up your your for the slippage just for the slippage that that's a bit that 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 is concerning and that's in and out so because jack hammering could be like the cock never exits the pussy but this is in out in out and that's a lot for any orifice i'm I'm assuming that she says it takes uh him a long time to orgasm because it probably feels like a long time to her because it's she's in pain well i cut something out uh, it's one i think was like sometimes it's like a two-hour session so that's a long time yeah and if there's not lube too you have to make sure like and not lube's not going to make any of the pain better but i'm saying if you're not reapplying lube like none of that like i can't I enjoy jackhammering from time to time. However, it's when you say, I want you to fuck me hard. Yes. That's when you like it. And then when you fuck me hard and I don't want to be fucked hard anymore, I say, I'm, but I I have to speak to like my cervix is pretty shallow. So it hurts me. And I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You have to stop and let's change, let's change positions. And I need something on my clit. And if it doesn't work for me, I'm like, you have to, we have to stop. Exactly. Yes. And so just this is I think this is a really important thing for people to understand of like if something doesn't feel good and feels painful, do not tolerate it. Sex is not supposed to feel painful. Yes, uncomfortable because we could be in our emotions and like, oh, my God, I'm insecure or it's new or uncomfortable because our, you know, our, our muscles are just starting to open up. Discomfort is very different from pain. If you feel pain before or after, sorry, during and after like that, that's a no, that's a no, that's just a no. And we need to change something and we, and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a like never again thing, but honestly, and, and you're, she's asking the question about her husband, my like hard opinion is he needs to go do some homework on how to not only get off in this one way and and, and that will really help your relationship i, I personally have a, my own rule that i've set for myself if something because sometimes i will do a, a certain position and it feels great and sometimes it feels okay and then sometimes i do it and if i reach a six or a seven on the pain threshold i'm like whoa 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 this doesn't feel good stop because i don't Too like much. myself to get yeah. into that eight or nine or 10, because then you, you can damage some of your tissue and you don't want to damage tissue. You could bleed. You could have like weird fissures in your or, butt. You or your tissue weird... just numbs out. Cause it's like, well, and then we don't take the care of ourselves. The it doesn't score, feel good. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It is. It isn't good for you to do that a time and time again. And your body is going to remember that. And your body probably already is remembering that, which is why, which is why you and everyone thinking. is capable of learning how to orgasm in so many ways. And, and so it, like, you know, the jackhammer crisscross thing, you know, if, if he was with a partner that liked that, then that'd be great. Fine. Awesome. 
but it's not working for you. So as you, something needs to shift in that between the two of you. You can make it a we conversation. Like, how can we learn this together? Um, so you can't be like, you go masturbate slow and soft and then come back to me. But like, how can we try things that work for both of us? And, and again, if that's what he needs at the end, hands are fucking fabulous. Yes. I'm sorry your pussy doesn't have to just tolerate Jack Henry if it's not enjoying it. No, 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 no. Just and like any, this applies to all genders and all orifices. Like if you're not into it, not your job to go and fulfill the orgasm prophecy. A hundred percent. Please don't do that. All right. Thank you for that question, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Good question. Really, really great question. Very thought provoking because I feel, I, I mean, I've definitely tolerated sex a at some point in people, my life. Yeah. And I think that... Not you, but a lot of people have. A lot yes. of people have. And I feel that it's important to honor ourselves and speak our to our boundaries and our truths when it comes to our own body and what feels good and what just doesn't. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that question. All right. You ready for a bio? Yeah. Malia Manning is a certified trauma-informed relationship mentor specializing in feminine embodiment, intimacy, and cultivating healthy relationships. She is the founder of Radiant Relationship Academy. Malia's work focuses on supporting women as they heal from past pain that impacts their love life, attracting and deepening healthy love, and developing the skills for a lasting, fulfilling relationship. To learn more, visit sistersthatstray.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and we are here with guest Malia Manning. All, 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 all the joy and all the love to talk about breakups <laughs> and how to heal <laughs> joy and love, right? And uh, that was a shit sandwich right there. That was it. a shit sandwich. And how to heal from toxic relationships. And uh, we have done breakup episodes in the past. One we did when I, the day after I went through a breakup, remember that one? I was like mm. just fresh out of like my heart was just smashed the day before. Um, and also we did one with Dr. Allison Ash. We also did one with, was it Kate Marie? Was that the one? Yes, yeah. Kate Marie on. Nar that was more like healing from narcissistic yeah. relationships. So this one's going to focus on just breakups in general, whether you had the best relationship ever, but it's still breaking up and you're sad. That could be divorce as well. Also known as divorce. We did one about divorce years ago. Yeah. Divorce is a, is a major breakup. It's a breakup uh, with paperwork. That's what I Expensive breakup. And... <laughs> And very common. Um, actually, oh, fun, it could be fun, lucrative for some people. Fun fact, by, by the way, way uh, yesterday someone told me that this, the stats for uh, divorce in, Sa sorry, uh, Santa Cruz has the highest divorce rate in California. Santa Cruz County? Santa Cruz County, where Way we live. Go, yeah. Interesting. Santa Cruz. Anyways, that's not what we're here to talk about. But well, my so, partner's been married twice, so he probably helps those He stats. helps the stats. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, thank you, partner. And divorced twice. <laughs> um, so whether you are in a relationship and you're not breaking up, but maybe someday you will. Maybe you have had a breakup before and you are still healing from it. Maybe you're in a toxic relationship or coming out of one. Uh, this will have information for you. Maybe you have a friend who's going through breakup and you'd like to know how to support them because that's also hard to do too without being a biased asshole. <laughs> Fuck them. Anyways, so let's dive on in. You all heard a little bit about Malia already in the bio, but Malia, welcome to Shameless Sex. We're so happy to have you here. And can you please tell our listeners how, a little bit more about how you got to where you are today in the field of sex and relationships? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So how did I get here? I mean, really, it was my own experience of going through some really bad breakups and divorce, actually. So 
you know, it was, I got married when I was 18 years old, which is crazy. It was about 11 years ago. Well, 18, damn. I know. It's Your child. Did everyone tell you not to do that? Yes. Absolutely. My family, my friends, they were like, oh, probably not. And I was like, I'm going to do it, you know? And I really bought into the whole like fairy tale of it. And the person I was marrying, he really sold me on that, you know, and he was in the military. So it's like, oh, everything's going to be taken care of. And like, I'm going to take care of you. And so I bought into it, you know, so reality set in and the relationship became quite traumatic, quite abusive and, and unhealthy. And, you know, I was so young at the time it took me a while to understand that that wasn't okay. The behaviors weren't okay, that they were toxic, you know, and I played into that as well. Like I wasn't totally innocent. So when it eventually became physically abusive, that was kind of like, you know, the, the wake up call I needed to be like, this isn't okay. And I need to go. So I did go and thankfully, you know, I had the resources I needed at the time to support me. You know, my family was supportive. They were also like, told you so, you know, oh. but, <laughs> but you know, I did my best to like move on. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I was 20 at the time, 21. So from there, it was like this, this, um, cycle of unhealthy relationships. You know, I was trying to cope. So I was drinking a lot. I was numbing a lot. And I would attract partners who were either unavailable or, uh, you know, emotionally, or they're already in a relationship, whatever it might be, or they were really passive. So, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but I would do that because it felt safer for me to kind of have the upper, upper hand and have control in the situation. So, you know, eventually I went on this whole, the eat, pray, love journey. I moved to Costa Rica, I moved to Bali and think what about Italy? Did you hit Italy too? <laughs> I, I hit Italy. Nice. Yeah, I, I totally nice. did. <laughs> I had to do that. Yeah. So, you know, so then I was exposed to some incredible teachers and guides. I had the whole awakening experience, you know, and, um, and then there's just, just this moment of taking ownership. You know, I, I chose to not be the victim anymore. I chose to step out of like, why is this happening to me? Why are men so awful? and step into, wow, I'm choosing this. Like, whoa. You know, I, I blink a, a part in this. So kind of took the steps to, to heal my attachment wounds, to heal from the past. And, um, it, it was incredible. You know, now I'm engaged to an amazing man and uh, we get to have a really fulfilling relationship. And so when I went through that, I was like, if this is possible for me, you know, I've been in some really unhealthy spaces, then this is really possible for, for anyone. So yeah, I began to study it. I studied psychology. I became trauma informed, um, became certified as a relationship coach. And now I get to do that today and like really guide women through that process that I went through, um, and be able to level with them, you know, of like, I get it. It does suck. It is hard. And when you choose, when you realize you're choosing it, you can choose something different. Mm. Mm -hmm. Even if breakups are like, if they're looming, because sometimes people know it's coming or divorce, they're like, mm, I got to come to terms with this. It's happening. Whether it's them initiating the divorce or they just feel that there's nothing left to, um, that's, they need to cut off the, the dead toe before gangrene sets in. Right. Ooh, that's yeah, no that's, that. the, <laughs> that, I, that's how I look at it sometimes because it can, 
I was Further. thinking like, kicking the horse while it's like so dead, but just yeah. keep kicking that. Yeah, like, it's not gonna do anything. No. To- her further not bringing it back to life that horse yeah. so that, and Sorry, this is the thing. it's not even divorce it's it's also relationships sometimes you 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 as you mentioned you were in several toxic relationships until you figured out that sometimes the toxicity you can be a part of yourself right you you can contribute to that in your own way and because i always believed that i have something to do with any of the relationships i've been in and the toxicity because certain triggers that come up but the, bo- the point is, is that I'm sure if anyone listening out there has ever been in a relationship or is in one that you have toxic moments, but when does it become a toxic relationship, right? So how do you define a toxic relationship and what are the signs someone might be in one? Is it like Dexter gloves and like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question because I like I like the way you you phrase that because even the healthiest relationships can be hard. And there are moments where you have these unhealthy behaviors of like accidentally gaslighting your partner, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're now in a toxic relationship and you're toxic. I think the main thing that, that um, sets the two apart is the amount of ownership a person is willing to take. So when we look at a toxic relationship, some of the characteristics or the behaviors we'll see one thing that's that's that is pretty obvious is this like really intense ups and downs hot and cold cycles this push and pull i'll pull away my love to get you to chase me and then oh it's back and yes we're back together or he pulled away his love and now i'm like no 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 i want you even though i know it's not healthy so these really intense ups and downs and then some of those behaviors are going to be gaslighting manipulation control And, you know, I think when you start to become a person that you don't like, when you're, you're not proud of your behavior, most of the time, you know, it's like, yes, a healthy relationship, you can have hard times and you can make mistakes and your shit's going to come up. You know what I mean? But, but you're still willing to take ownership because in gaslighting, for example, one of the behaviors we see Gaslighting is this consistent, you know, no, that's not what happened. That, that, that isn't right. That's invalidating someone's experience. Whereas if I were to take self-ownership, I could say, oh, you know, I really didn't mean to hurt you, but I see that I did. I'm sorry for that. But when we're in that toxic space, it's like, I don't want to see myself. I don't even like the person I am. So I'm going to blast and project all my stuff onto you. You, you hold it, you carry it. So yeah, I would say the main thing, like the intense ups and downs, the kind of roller coaster, push and pull, and then you'll see consistently those unhealthy behaviors, the gaslighting, the manipulation, the control. It doesn't mean it's all bad. That's the really confusing thing about toxic relationships or an unhealthy relationship. It's not all bad. You know, there's love there. Like you have fun together. Hello. You're like, yeah, that's fucking right. Totally. Not a good cycle. Not always. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Serves a time and place, yes, and a purpose, but it's not all the purposes. I like I like that. I mean, that's so clear and concise because I think it can be hard for people to 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 look at. And you know, so of course there'll be people like, oh yes, all those things you're saying, Malia. But what about all the good moments? You know, but I they there's also this, this, and this, and they have this. I you know, I have a number of friends where um, and I, I think I what, and I was that person when I was in a really toxic relationship for five and a half years. That I will say there was, and I want to say there's a difference between toxic 
uh, and and narcissism. And we did an episode on that. So, um, but I I identify as someone who is in a, a highly narcissistically abusive relationship, and I um and I chose to be in that for lots of daddy issues. Um, and so different. I don't think just toxic necessarily means narcissist. But I was doing the thing that a lot of friends that I see who are in relationships that seems way more painful and tumultuous than it is easy and loving and positive. But every time they share the pain, there's like this, but they're also so great with X, Y, and Z. And we have this mm-hmm. and this and, and and like they're just believing in the good um, as to me, it seems like and also if someone used to do that, it's like the the way to mask and cope with the fact that my subconscious knows that there's so much that is not good. Um, and so this is a question I didn't really have for you, but I used to say to myself, at least if it's, it has to at least be 50% of the time, you know, joyful, easy, loving, peaceful. Uh, and now, but now when I look, I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. Like yeah. 50%. So now I'm more like at least 80% of the time, if not more to feel that the, like the really good Once you stuff live with your partner though, it kind of shifts. <laughs> yeah. Well, but even within that though, I think even with that, I'm, and I'm not, I'm, I'm speaking of the toxic shit, the, the roller yeah. coaster. It's not just like, babe, you left the dishes left in the sink again. Dishes in the sink I'm again. That's not toxic. talking about yeah. that. I'm talking about the like, you would just clean them anyway. Yeah. I would just be like, fuck, I'll just put them in the dishwasher or whatever. I don't even know how to use a dishwasher. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> you are the dishwasher. I'm, I'm terrible at washing dishes. But I do it anyway. So, what do you think about that? Like, if how what not Gretchen just not dishes? Uh, uh, like, what what like? I mean, I mean, this is just up for your own opinion. Like, it's up to everyone to decide this. But what would it? What would you, for you in your life? What would that look like? The statistics. We love numbers. <laughs> yeah, I would say you know, I'd say ninety percent, and it's a little bit hard because we each have our own kind of subjective of like, this is easy, this is hard, this is good, this is bad. But I would say in a healthy relationship, you know, like people say, when you know, you know, when you find that person, there is a sense of ease, even when you're having challenging conversations, even when all your shit's being brought up and you're having to work through childhood wounds, like there's a sense of stability. There's a sense of trust. There's a sense of I'm safe here that kind of carries you through those times. So I'd say, yes, it's like the percentage, but it's also like the intensity level in a way and not to, like fighting is fine. Like we all fight and we have arguments, but it's like, am I sitting here screaming at you, calling you names, telling you these terrible things? Or am I saying, Hey, I'm hurting and I need you to hear me. There's a big difference there. Totally. I think that's the, this is the, something that I've taken from Esther Perel's work. We've talked about it. This when, when relationships, if they have a healthy cycle And granted, there can be toxic moments, right? I know that I can be toxic in moments for sure, where I just spat things and I'm like, that is definitely my inner angry April coming out. My my childhood, like, oh, no, love me. I've seen it before. (laughs) Yeah. However, there's this cycle that if you can get into and doing the work to not go into your your dark, toxic self when it comes out, if, if you feel like you're contributing to that. That's like the harmony, disharmony and repair. And it because it's always a natural um, that this, it's a, it's the cyclical nature of relationships, right? Even friendships, but in partnership, that repair is so important and how you're repairing and not blaming, right? Mm-hmm. You're taking accountability for your things. You're actually doing something to hopefully shift what what you are. And I still slip back into 
that shitty, uh, that shitty space of me saying mean things. And I'm like, why did, why are these words coming out of my mouth right now? April, stop, you know? So, but you are good. At least when we, I've experienced with you as friendship, you are good at coming around and being like, I'm so sorry about right. that. Right. <laughs> right. It might take a little bit of time, but, but she's always says that. you some hard shit. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in. And it helps keep this podcast free to you. And I'm sure, Malia, you you um, may agree with me here. And if not, that's OK, too. But like when you're not in a good space outside of your relationship with it, it's work or there's something draining you energetically somewhere else, your health maybe is failing or your kids are stressing you out and you take it out in your partner a lot. It could, they're oh, yeah. the snappiest ones when you live with them too, because they're always there to love you. So the point, the point here is <laughs> toxicity in relationships is hopefully it's manageable, right? But not being in a toxic relationship with someone that's like sucking you dry. You're like, oh my God, the energy. It's like the vortex. So if this is the case, (laughs) I hope it's not. not. I hope everybody's going to be in a good one. So if I let's say I was, what if I, or I know someone, my friend of a friend, uh, is in a relationship that let's just say it's me. I'm in a relationship that's not so good for me. I'm a smart human. I'm listening to this podcast. Do you have tips for exiting a painful, hopefully it's not abusive in in a way that you're scared for your life. And I'm sure you'll have something to offer there, but uh, tips for exiting a painful relationship and then rebuilding after. And that's a pretty loaded question, but there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot there, you know, because each relationship, each experience is so complex and nuanced. But I, I think overall, leaving a relationship is incredibly difficult. And something that comes up a lot is it's easier to stay. There's a level of comfort already built. And so these thoughts of like, I'm going to have to start all over. Do you know, I was 20 when I got divorced and I had the thought of, I'm going to have to start over. I'm going to have to, who's going to be out there for me? I was 20 years old. Like it doesn't Lots make it. in the sea. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, yeah. yeah. You're like a baby bird that just cracked yeah. the egg. <laughs> Truly. But still that thought's there. So yeah. it, it doesn't make logical sense, but it happens. And it happens when, when there's manipulation at play, like these things can happen. Right. So I like to speak about this because it normalizes it. And those that are experiencing it, you know, can be like, oh, okay. Like, this is what's happening. So it's hard to leave. Right. But when you are, you know, becoming a a version of you that you don't like anymore, you're losing trust in yourself. You're losing your sense of sense of self. It's time to go, you know? So I think what's important to realize is when we leave a relationship, when we go through a breakup, we are now not getting that kind of dopamine hit that we are used to getting in the relationship when they text us good morning or they kiss us good night or they tell us we're beautiful or whatever or we fight you know all of that kind of is this dopamine hit that's stripped away we're gonna miss it what happens in our mind our mind goes to all the good memories so you can have all the reasons to, to leave this relationship. You know, it's not good for you, but when you leave your, the memories that pop up, they're not going to be the bad ones. They're going to be the good ones. So it's going to be a, a process. You're going to have to really work towards rewriting this experience. You know, I, I tell my clients write down why you're leaving. Like when it's really fresh for you, like 
this is why, this is what I don't like about myself or my experience or the partner. This is who I want to be. This is why this is important to me so that it's there and you have evidence of it. You can come back to it. Malia, that's so when I'm in a fight with someone, like usually I think of all the bad stuff. So maybe when you're next time you're fighting with that partner, you can write down all those things that are on your mind. Cause I never do that. You always think of the best. You don't get, can't think of the good stuff then. I'm not like, well, and then one time he bought me flowers. <laughs> so totally. I was saying, right. That might help. That's what I was just thinking. I was like, yeah, cause you ammo. Yeah, totally. Great tip. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do well, that next time you and I fight April. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be whiteboarding yeah. over here, Amy. Yeah, we're gonna need a whiteboard in our yeah. studio. <laughs> Exhibit A. You didn't give me a hug when I saw you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, how the brain works like that. But but yeah, that's important. And that's why we go back to our ex, you know, and there is a level of like, this is comfortable, this is familiar. I don't want to have to start all over. <clears throat> and now, like with with dating nowadays, like no one wants to date. Everyone's like convinced there's like no one out there, you know, which isn't true. So, so really coming to terms with this is why I'm leaving and this is what's next for me. There's also a process. There's your self-worth is, is really impacted in an unhealthy relationship. So that sense of self is going to be really, really low. So your work is focusing less on what he's doing and getting him back and or more, she, because this probably applies both or ways they, for they, they them, yeah. right? Like this is there's all like, of them, no matter what. Is it applies them, to all humans? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, keep it with your lingo. I'm just saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And focusing more on yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because your thought process is going to go to that person. You have to redirect it to yourself. And and that we see, you know, often people in toxic relationships, they might experience codependency or they already have low self-worth, which isn't a bad thing. Like these things are not inherently bad. They're just natural. Like we all have to kind of navigate them. But if we have that awareness, then we can say, okay, wow, I, I do really need to work on that process of redirecting that attention back inward. Yeah, I can identify with it. So my, I had this interesting experience when I left that re- the really toxic relationship. Well, there was mul- how many, God, what did we break up like five times? April's like once a year for five and a half years, there was a breakup that I was not choosing. I changed the uh, title on the podcast episode you recorded with him to former partner. Yeah. Said Amy's partner. Because was, was like, on our yeah. podcast once, actually. Yeah. Um, and I was like, why is he on our podcast? When we were still together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't great. take episodes down ever. We, so. have to. Yeah, we just, never do. But, but uh, I changed to former partner because I was like, no, nah, it's time you, yeah. you're moving into, he's still with us, yes. but he's not with and blessings to you sir yes. thank you for you, whatever you're doing so but, but there are multiple rounds of breakups where i just i felt addicted to him and and i know so i like i have codependent tendencies i don't think i don't identify as codependent but i or like well, who was it uh, jason gaddis codependent ish remember that yeah. where he says we all can be codependent ish but oh, some yeah. people, i think it's a deeper you like how thing. you slept you how you slept together like meaning like he was how like a they, drug right yeah she was like have you drug. ever had that and i didn't understand at the time and i was well like, i had yeah, sleep issues already right. too so, so sleep but, certain but when we were we're not doing well sleeping next to him was like a nightmare so elbowing uh, no i was just highly anxious the whole time um and but anyway so but when i we find we finally broke up again like for the fifth time where it still wasn't my choice you know it was like this laundry list of all the th- reasons why amy is not a great partner that would come around and which is just the gaslighting manipulation brainwashing I got really lucky in one, like within five days, my system naturally just let him go. And I literally felt like he was a drug that was out of my my system. Never once thought about being with him ever again from that day on, which was amazing because I was so addicted to him for a long time. I also got really lucky because even though I had felt br- the a lot of the brainwashing manipulation, 
I didn't think that it, I didn't actually think I did have to do a lot of personal work around self-worth. I knew I was fucking awesome, but that was my childhood. My mom taught me that I was raised with a lot of that. Not my dad. My dad didn't do a good job with that, but hence why I did that guy. But <laughs> my mom did a really good. So I had that backbone. What I what I had to do, though, was to learn how to naturally be able to be Amy again, like from the way I walked to the way I talked to the tone of my voice, to the things that I did, the behaviors and things that I didn't even realize I had shifted to work around someone else. And you were still friends with them right away. And then you're like a year or two. And then right. And then you're slowly you're like, no, because you realized I started to. Yeah. Over it took me a while from yourself. Yeah. yeah, It took me a while to realize how angry and hurt I was. uh, And I was like, why is he coming to a party? Damn it. Because we're cool. I thought he was gone. But yeah. I was like, all right, fine. Hi. But, so I know I'm not, don't want to necessarily just make this all about me in that. I just wanted to bring to like the self-worth piece here. Like I think for it's different for everyone. For some people, the self-worth piece, my guess is a really big thing. Like you are probably building like you're, you know, you don't even know who you are. You don't think you're lovable to my experience of knowing that I am. But I still had to find who am I again, even though I know I'm fabulous like who's Amy now? Cause I had changed so much of that and had no mm. idea that I did that. And it feels fucking awesome. And then to date a partner who's like, why are you apologizing for like dropping that thing and making a sound? I was like, Oh, I'm just so used to Like I needed to do that. And he's like, mm-hmm. I don't care. <laughs> you know, why you apologize for moving in your sleep? Like, Oh, cause someone had a problem with that for a long time. So anyways, that's my long version of that. Mm. Um, if you have anything to say about my long story, of yeah. self-worth piece. No, I think that's important because, you know, it. I think there's a process we go through to step back into that sense of self. And, and that sense of self is always evolving, isn't it? You know, it's like, it's not like we've one day find it and like, here we are, you know, it's like this process of letting that unravel and letting that kind of burn down and then we have to rebuild it. And like, that's natural, you know? Um, and I think what you, what you're speaking to is important because there's, there's, I would say, I don't want to say always, but let's say 90% of the time, there's going to be a a route to why you chose that partner, why they felt uh, familiar or addictive, you know? And so you, you want to understand what that was. Maybe it was the daddy thing for you, like you said, but there's something there that if we can identify, we can build trust in ourselves that I don't want that anymore. Like I don't need that to fill that void anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the, da- the the uh, the dad work came from that during that relationship and after, and it just I mean, it makes perfect sense. My dad was not you know emotional; he was present, but he's an alcoholic and not emotionally there in a way where I could be like, "Dad, I'm sad. I need support." It was just like it wasn't that dad. Um, and so then I, I, that was my you know I started to choose these like strong dominant men, but dominance can doesn't always can come with narcissism or extreme narcissism and selfishness are very different but um anyway so i i had to uncover that and go on that journey with a lot of therapy like years of therapy and i'm so grateful for it because uh, i feel really uh, free of that and yes i'll always have work to do absolutely we all do do. (laughs) who does so much yeah (laughs) i'm like can't we just flip a switch at some point and everything's great. But that'd be boring. I mean, what if, I don't know. I could take some boredom from time to time. Fuck's sake. So, fuck's sake. so okay. I want to say, premise this, actually, this question with, with, a, with a statement, because one thing is, if you've been in toxic relationships, that's not to say that all 
people are bad. Like, oh, all dudes are are shitty. Because I hear this from my friends. All chicks are crazy. And or all people are, are like, I just can't. Like the isolation piece, which I think you spoke you to can't a little bit. Anyone. Right. And yeah. because they've been jaded, perhaps parentally, perhaps in a relationship or two or three or four. And so they lose faith or they've been ghosted. And this is not about how to at all like move after after you've broken up. This is not about that. However, I've I've just lived that so many times with friends that are single and the dismal nature of where their attitude goes towards breaking up with someone that's shitty because out there there exists nothing more than more shitty. So basically I want to give, I want to inspire folks out there to, I'm going to invite you to think outside of that box. Amy's a great inspirational thing. The shit shit box. It's like meeting new people. So that's the first thing I want to, that's a statement that I want to, that I want to say before I ask Malia, who um, is an expert in this, which that's why I appreciate. So the breakup's coming, okay? It's there. What? It's done, okay? It's done. We're done. Uh, What are your top tips to heal from a breakup? And how can I not let the breakup just break me into pieces? Mm, Yeah. Well, I think first, just recognizing breakups suck like you know they're not this like well I guess they can be a beautiful experience but I think as humans we want to avoid pain like we're like scared of pain and suffering and these difficult emotions but in my work you know I I think those more difficult emotions are okay like who 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 decided they're bad you know why are we so afraid of them So when we can become more okay with allowing ourselves to feel pain or to feel heartbreak or to feel discomfort or challenging emotions, we're not going to be so terrified of a breakup, you know? So there's something beautiful about cracking open. There's something beautiful about your heart feeling so much. So I think there's, when we're talking about unhealthy, well, I'd say any relationship, really, there's a process of grief, of course, right? So what's interesting about that grief process is sometimes you're not even grieving that person. You're grieving the potential of that relationship, what that relationship could have been, what that person could have been, you know, a lot of expectations that you were let down from. Um, Oh yeah. That makes sense. That makes so much sense. But we were good. at all these ideas. We were going to go to parish. Exactly. (laughs) Five babies. (laughs) We were supposed to get a dog. <laughs> exactly. And it's like, you know, I think as women, we have a way of like really seeing the best. In, well, I guess all people could have this quality. But like if you are in a relationship with someone, you're like, look how great they could be. You know, if they just stopped this habit or stopped calling me this name, like they'd be great. So it's, yeah, we have to also grieve like what it could have been if they did change or if things were different or we did last the potential of it. And that part is confusing and I don't think it's bad. I think that's part of the healing process is to grieve not only the person and what is, but what could have been as well. And I think, um, I think it's really unrealistic to tell someone like, stop thinking about it, you know, like, because oh, we God. Can- <laughs> <laughs> I've heard people say that. I'm like, yeah, thanks. That's not helpful at all. <laughs> yeah. I'll get right on that. You know, yeah. you just press a button. Yeah, it's so, easy. <laughs> so I think it's normal to think about it, but I think we can also reframe the way we think about it. 
you know, we don't have to be so hard on ourselves or we don't have to, oh, I, I wasn't good enough or we can, we can change the way we think about it and change that narrative to be more helpful and supportive to you rather than all men suck. No, there's no other women out there, whatever it might be. It's like, that was hard. This is really hard for me and can't wait for the next one. You know, like a little bit more hopeful, a little bit more supportive. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, UberLube. UberLube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending UberLube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. There's a reason why we've been a fan of UberLube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. I, okay, I like this. Something came up for me, a big question, because this has been something that I've, since I was a kid, that I feel like my mom somehow, I'm not blaming you, mom, if you're Thanks, listening, uh, but always saying you can't be with someone based on their potential. You have to be with them based on what they're like, not, I don't want to say giving you, it is, but I'm wondering if you, because I've, I've lived that through friends as well. I'm like, they have so much potential to be amazing or a partner. I'm like, wow, you're so brilliant, but you just always are sucked into So do you, do you agree with my mom? I don't, I don't, like you're saying to choose to be with someone based on who they are now without not hoping there'll be something different. Right. Like the potential of who they could be or who you see them to be or who they want to be, because that's a really tricky. I don't know. And I've, I don't know. I've just, it just occurred to me to ask you because I feel it and I need direction here. It's like a dating. Yeah. Yeah, What do you think? (laughs) What do you think? Yeah. We'll take it. 
I think your mom is on to something. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that it's also a little bit complex. So yes, like we definitely don't want to be in love with someone's potential. We, the danger there is now I'm trying to change you to be that potential that I want you to be. I'm not even in love with who you are. That doesn't feel good for you. It doesn't feel good for them either. Right. So that's a slippery slope, but, but I do believe it can be healthy. Like for my partner, for example, I see his magnificence. I see what an incredible person he is and all his potential. I, I think he could do anything he wanted to. So I see his potential, but I'm not more in love with his potential than I am who he is today. And like, he's a human who makes mistakes, you know? Yeah. And, and so it's like, we want to kind of inspire a partner to reach that potential. Cause we, so we need to see it and believe in it. But, but I don't, I, I'm, I don't want to be more focused on their potential than who they are today. Okay. I love I that. Love I love that. that. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's like, so one thing that, um, that I appreciate about, about my part, my current partner is that he like loves my greatness, like my, my growth in my, in the podcast and just in the you know, April and I just wrote a book and he is just so, but that's not why he's with me, but he's not threatened by it. And all of it is like, how can he, I mean, he just finds it so beautiful, attractive. And how can he support like, that? You don't get a TV deal by yeah. November. We're broken up. Done. Your yeah. potential. You're not living up to your potential. Yeah, so but like, I like the word you use magnificence. You, know, you see, you see this, this greatness in someone, but it's not like, you know, it would be one thing if I was like, so I'm thinking about writing a book and you know, I'm broke and I'm working at the drugstore here and I'm just, Oh, maybe someday I'll get there. And, and if he was like, going to date me because he was so set at me being so great, but it was not really something that was already like on my path or something like that, then he might be disappointed and let down. Um, or, and I think we see it more less with that, but more so we see it. Well, we, no, we do see it with like the, the broke ass thing. Like, I've, <laughs> that I've, the thing. I've just experienced it in my marriage when I was married because I was married to someone and I, it was a, a amazing human being total sweetheart it just like could never live up to his potential and i wasn't yeah. with him for his potential i was with him because i loved him and i'm not specifically calling this situation out i have a, just a history of really valuing people for their potential yeah. and i think maybe that's why my mom said this so young because even <laughs> friends i was like they keep letting me down she's like you know what <laughs> that's who they are Might be time <laughs> yeah. to go. so so thank you for addressing yeah. my childhood wounding and, and issues come, well and it come from other things like so you start dating a person or like what, what when i'm a double one x you remember in the very beginning i was like april i think he's just naturally a really selfish person but like you know is it I can't change that and hope right. that that changes. Right. And I stayed in that relationship and look where it got me. So, um, mm -hmm. so those kind of like really big core value pieces, I would be a little more dangerous coming back to the tips about breaking up. What do you think about like, so just like kind of like some basic ones of like, what can I do right now? If I'm losing my shit, we're broken up right now. And like, for me, I found what's really helpful is to surround myself with friends and reach out and tell them I need, I need love mm -hmm. and support. Uh, but I know that's hard for I, a lot of people. I can't do that. It's hard. For I'm like, I need to isolate April's, and not see anyone. April's also, you're a pretty prideful person too, though. You're uh, like, I have a fucking ton of pride. Yeah, she's sometimes I'm like, mm, and I'm more like, I'm not, that's not a great thing yet. I'm like, no. What about, what about like a couple, like, you know, applicable is what I usually do. That's not, not good either. Do you have any other like quick applicable things of like, what can you do right now? If you're going through the breakup um, of that could be helpful. Yeah. I'd say two things. One, feel your feelings. You know, so like, I think there's, we have a tendency to want to like numb, you know, the feelings, like kind of what I was saying earlier, it's like, I don't want to feel anxious. I don't want to feel afraid, but what if you were to just kind of let yourself feel them? Cause if we stuff them down, guess what? They're going to come back up. 
or if you stuff them down, you're probably going to go back to a relationship that that's familiar of the past. So you want to feel it. You know what I mean? And you might need support in doing that. That's totally okay. You might need to call your best friend. You might need to call your mom. You might need to find a therapist or a coach. Like if you need support, that's totally natural. Like I have a therapist, like it's totally normal, you know? And, and then the second thing is, is really focus on, on filling your life with things you love. So kind of going back to like finding that sense of self again, if for you, it was, I'm going to, I need people around me. I need my community. And then for others, I know I need to isolate. I need to maybe go to a yoga class by myself, like reach for things that help you feel more like yourself. And if you don't know what yourself feels like, because it's been a long time since you felt like yourself, do different things and see if you like it. Like I worked with a client. She's like, I don't even know how to do that. Cause I don't know what it feels like to feel close to myself. So she would, she bought a bike and like started bike riding and she's like, I love this. And, and I would ask, you know, why do you love it? Like, how do you feel? And, and she would describe it. I'm like, okay, that's how, you know, you're connected to yourself. So you might have to try things. Some clients are like, okay, I'm going to date myself and I'm going to go sit at a restaurant bar and like take myself there on a date. And then they come back. They're like, I hated that. I don't ever want to do that again. I'm like, cool. Don't ever do that again. Let's try something different. You know? So you might have to try different things and that's okay. Like let yourself explore. I started painting pictures of my dog. There was, Love it. I got one from, I from painted one dog. of her dog and I, and I bought a guitar and started learning how to play like this after a break, after yeah. a breakup. Yeah. Because I was like, it was like a separation that was really brutal. And then I would just sit at home by myself often and I never lived by myself. And that really helped. If you have kids, you could really drop into your children too, or nieces, nephews, or godchildren. Your, or your dog. Or your dog. I did <laughs> drop into my dog all the time. Like I was painting, I painted like three different, like, She's actually really him. talented. Just I, mean, I, I didn't know. Um, I don't recommend acrylic. It dries really quickly. So it's hard to really get the depth. Um, but I love that advice yeah. about doing things because people, I, I do know the unhealthy practices. I was drinking more because it was easy and accessible and it helped me numb the pain. I also mm -hmm. was, I like, don't really love smoking cigarettes, but I was like, just give me whatever. Yeah. Like, I was like, I'll change smoke cigarettes. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't feel good. And when I started shifting to practices that were healthier, actually doing a meditation or a daily journaling. Oh, you, that's when you got really into meditation. That's when I was right? meditating yeah. every single Thanks, day, no matter what. Yeah. And then journaling and then making notes about what I was, who was I calling in as a partner? Yeah. What was I calling in for a life? What was my life look like? Mm -hmm. And these are all big things, but breakups can trip. Breakups are a death of something, right? That can trigger these mass life change-ups that sometimes you need. Sometimes it's like necessary for you to to kind of like dig the dig the earth for, so that the the new flower can grow. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we said the new flower is that yeah, death something and an opportunity. Yeah, an yes. opportunity to to majorly learn. Like what didn't work? What did work? What do I want? Who am I, I now? Dating another douchebag, but it's <laughs> like to give yourself time and yeah. space, and and pay, but reflecting on that. Okay, so I have a question about this. Is kind of part of the, like the post breakup thing, though. That's hard for a lot of people. Okay, it's a good one. What if my ex moves on really quickly? <laughs> and I'm freaking out. How can I work through this? Should we beat him up? Just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this this is hard, you know. Like again, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. Like it it that sucks to see the person that you loved and you were with move on quickly. And and what I would ask you is 
when we really look at the situation, right? So have your moment of freak out, right? Call your friend bent. Now let's sit down. Do you really want to be with someone who isn't choosing you? And why do you want to be with someone who isn't choosing you? There's something to look at there, you know, and this is a sign that you're still focusing more on him or or her or them, you know, more than yourself. Because if you're focused on yourself, you're like, good for them. Like I'm doing my own thing. So, you know, and, and the reality is like he, that person is going to bring all the behaviors that you didn't like into that new relationship with this new person. Like he didn't just magically become the the best partner in the whole entire world. Like he still, th- there's still those qualities that you didn't like. So especially if they move that quickly, like really, did you do how much work did you do in that short yeah. amount of time? Yeah. Also, like, it could be a direct jab at you if there's posting this stuff on social media. That that's a clear indicator that probably shit's not great. And yeah. people only post all the good stuff. So yeah, or they post the fake shit that they want. Yeah. everyone to think is good to get a reaction. Yeah. Right. And it's like, do, you don't have to allow that to create meaning about you. Mm-hmm. Like it yeah, doesn't that's mean interesting. people you personalize it to be something about you instead. It's not it doesn't, or yes. doesn't have to be right. Like it isn't, isn't always about us. It says more about him or, or whoever the person is than it does about you. It doesn't mean you weren't good enough. It doesn't mean you're not pretty enough. It doesn't mean whatever, like you get to create your own meaning. Like you can say, I dodged a bullet, you know, like what meaning do you That's want you to create in the comment section <laughs> of those photos? Yeah. Looks like I dodged a bullet. <laughs> you say that on their post yeah, on the post, on the post comment. Be like, looks like I dodged a bullet there. Have fun. Good Wishing you good luck to you. That's passive aggressive. Yeah. You could be like, blessings. I mean that dodged a bullet blessings. That's not passive aggressive. That's just true. That's just true. <laughs> no, right. you have to right. make your best friend make the comment. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, so me for April being like, looks like April. Exactly. <laughs> no, but like at April, looks like you dodged a bullet here. <laughs> Thumbs up, yeah. smiley face. And then like, and then just do like a dot, like can't wait for you to go to Portugal. Be like, yes, see? Just have a full conversation on this person's <laughs> on, comment yeah, section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not crazy at all. No, no, that's totally healthy. So we're not saying to do this, everyone. No, we're not. You think it in your no is. friends, though. Thank God I dodged that bullet. <laughs> exactly. The social media, though, does really... And this, uh, this isn't even, I'm not formulating a question, but I wonder in your expertise, what, because that could be a very intense and also really hurtful and really uh, like a great tool to fuck up people's emotions on the side after a breakup. And uh, even with the blocking and all of it, come on, it's not that hard to open. It's like not difficult to do. It's probably still smart to block if you're still feeling I, the emotional trauma to like not be looking at their still, media, That's what right? I'm saying. People can't help themselves. And that being said, like, is there a break that you suggest, especially in terms of social media? Because we didn't have this problem. 40 years ago, 30 years ago with breakups, it was like, oh, you know, my neighbor, what you're going to, you might get some photos in the mail. Some shit went south. Yeah. Yeah, But it wasn't like everything's in your face all the time. And people are so connected all over socially. So any suggestions, is there a timeframe or, or a a, a advice that you have for folks out there, especially around that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think healthy boundaries is important. You know, like you are going to need space from the person to fully kind of move on. 
I think sometimes people want to remain friends or it's like, oh, it's fine. I'll just like, he can still be on my social media because I want to kind of have that closeness or that control or just like people often feel like I need to know everything because then I'll have more control because we're afraid of the unknown. Like we're afraid of that void, which is what a breakup brings up in us is the void of like what was is no longer. And I don't know what's yet to come. You know, it's so uncomfortable. So I think healthy boundaries are very important. I think Mm. if blocking helps you to kind of maintain those boundaries for yourself, like your priority is you. What do you need to take care of you? If it helps you to have them blocked, if you need your best friend to to make, to remind you, Hey, I know you're going to unblock him. Like, go ahead, block him again. Like have people in your, in your, on your team to kind of keep you accountable. I don't think you don't at like, you don't have to like never talk to him again, you know, Get a like voodoo doll with the, with an image. Oh, <laughs> uh, we did that. We did do that. We did and do I, that. I put the name on ice. This is for April. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my God. Oh, it's happening. We took a voodoo doll. And I did, never did anything where I wanted his face death. on it. We actually we put, put a photo, face, <laughs> a photo of the face and then we pinned, I pinned it. I was like, you'll never get another erection again as long as the pin stays in you. And I like put it in his heart and I said, you're going to have a broken heart. We gathered that. like four or five Ouch. women together for this ceremony. Pretty, it, was pretty, it was pretty bad. And then I put I put his full name on and I rolled it. Oh, yeah. My you French friend. Him. I put my French friend. She's pa- Parisian. And she's like, Après, you know what we do? We everyone that pieces you up. You stick their name on that piece of paper and you put it on ice. And I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And she said, and she put it in the gave me a demonstration. So I put it. I rolled up the name and I put it. And she's like, my grandmother has like 60 different people on ice in Alphysia. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that is crazy. And now I do that. People piss me I, off. I, I ice them. The, she said it ices their energy. I, from oh. I, I yeah. actually, so I actually did that after the Inspire, but I did that actually with a photo of my dad who's in my life somewhat. He has dementia, but like I have a lot of pain and hurt with him. So yeah. but my, I, the icing that I took from what, what you taught me, April, what your p- p- French friend told you was it's you no longer get to, to affect my being mm. anymore. Right. And so you're on ice. It's not that like you're dead to me, but it's just like you don't get to be energetically cuts them yeah. off which i like that c- certain practices like that are are they feel really good at the yeah. time like i never i yeah. never i never go into moving anyone i don't want anyone to be like dead or maimed or anything bad don't like keep that. any cars no, people no, no, no. i no. don't slash tires but i never know she i wouldn't she, have done it but i, I talked like, her out of it she wouldn't have done it <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what wait i know we have to wrap up soon but what what is your suggestion to people who still want to have sex with their ex because that's a that's, that's a big a thing one. we want to keep having sex, the nights, but, we're sex. Broken up yeah. and, but like break up knowing they're going to stay broken up but I've maybe yeah like what do you think good bad uh all things i would say you know i'm I'm not here to say something's good, something's bad. I don't not here to pass judgment, but for your own well-being, if you truly want to move past this and be available for someone who is going to treat you right, it's not the best thing to do. It we think that sex can be and sex can be this very casual thing, but it's crossing a lot of boundaries and especially for women, sex really opens up our heart and opens oh, yeah. up the emotional centers and we're actually intertwining. So you're talking about icing out energy. Well, now in sex, we're intertwining our energy. I'm welcoming your energy inside of me. Like literally. So yeah. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Yeah. So how am I going to move on? You know, and then it creates this hope of like, it could be this, you know, it, it's not a way to actually move on. And it's, 
most likely not going to be the best thing for your well-being. Have I done it? Fuck yeah, I've done it. Yeah. You know, oh, uh, wouldn't recommend it. You got to learn the hard <laughs> yeah. way sometimes, you know, you're like, mm, it's I'm like gonna... pulling the bandaid off slowly and then you put yeah. the bandaid back on, but then you pull it off slowly and it like hurts yeah. even it's more. The, it's yeah. the dirty bandaid. You yeah. just put a fresh it's one on. It's the nasty old nasty bandaid. Band-aid. Oh, it is dirty. Yeah. Slightly sticky. So it still feels kind of good. But it still kind of feels good. It's protecting that wound. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. enough. Well, I, oh my god! Yeah, the, the insight it really <laughs> it's been very insightful because you're I I think that the wisdom that you've shared is crucial for folks that like are can't relate to this at some right, point, right at some point even if it's past stuff or even if you've been in a relationship for 35 years or 65 years you don't want to admit it like there's shit that comes up that can be oh maybe that's a toxic flag. Maybe we need to look at how to communicate better. So the toxicity removes it. And that's the thing. There are ways to mitigate and also to, to propagate newness in the, in, in the relationship realm. So if it feels toxic and you talk to your partner about it, you communicate, you seek support from someone like Malia, who I know that you do, which we're going to get to you, you can, um, you work with folks and you, and you can help folks that are, um, navigating difficult relationship spaces and, and more, um, you love when I say, and more, right. No, that's, I'm um, the one that says all that. I, know you do. I just did that for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I guess this is an, it's in, in, in general, this is an inspirational podcast recording because, we've all been there or at some point we might be there and going back to having resources is really important. And sometimes you just normalizing certain aspects of what I've done in breakups was helpful too. So thank you. Um, with that, please let people know, uh, where they can find you. I know you are a certified trauma-informed relationship mentor. You have a bunch of different credentials. No, no, you do a lot. So how can people find you and work with you? Um, and also any, um, where they can find you on social media. I'll like your comments and <laughs> tell you, uh, meet me in Portugal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Instagram. It's at Malia underscore Manning. Uh, my website is sistersthatstray.com. Hopefully the spelling of all that will be in the show notes, perhaps. Yeah, um, Definitely. Okay, good. And um, yeah, so my favorite way to work with women currently, um, I do pretty much work with women in this program. I work with men uh, on a one-to-one basis, but my favorite way currently is Radiant Relationship Academy. It's my uh, mentorship program. I run it about three times a year. So if we're not open for enrollment right now, we probably will be soon. And this is a space for women to really start to look at some of these patterns, you know, the root of like, why am I choosing these partners? And why am I reacting this way? And why am I shutting down when I really just want intimacy, you know, to really look at that and understand how to overcome it. And then for those who are single, they'll learn how to attract a partner who's emotionally available, ready for commitment. And then those who are in a relationship, they get to learn how to deepen that relationship, how to improve the communication, how to, you know, love their partner in an even deeper way. So it's really beautiful. That's all online. Um, And then if you go to the website, Sisters That Stray, we have a retreat coming up in Colorado in October. And we do uh, in-person workshops all over the state. So like every month, every other month, we have some sort of workshop going on somewhere in the state. So that's just a few ways to connect um, with me. And I I run my business with my sister, my blood sister. Oh, is Um, that why it's Sisters That Stray? I know. Where did Sisters That Stray? Women women who are strained from relationships. I would say that (laughs) later. Like, 
like cats like hey let's get together yeah. I, I thought you were like cheating and affairs and I did I was <laughs> like I was thinking like stray like hey I don't know I love the name I was yeah. gonna ask yeah. you I was like where did it come from Malia so you so you had you and your sister okay <laughs> yes 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 yeah we both run the business and then you know, there's kind of different programs and whatnot we have but at the retreats the workshops we're both there facilitating I think it's fun because you're like hey it's okay if you stray yeah. like guess what yeah yeah, yeah. And funny story yeah. <laughs> yeah let's let's look at that funny yeah. story we started as a travel blog so that's where sisters oh. that straight came from uh, and then we transitioned into more of you know coaching and we were like hey like it kind of works you know <laughs> like, totally. we'll just Hook keep ups it on the road yeah. guess where we're traveling now Ooh, that's like yeah. my old email a stray you know my, like my old email address from high school was i am bald nuts it's ms oh. bald nuts oh yeah and it still exists <laughs> and i was like well, that's I'm just gonna incredible. keep it. I may have like eight email addresses, but like that's one of them. MZ. I have that one. Don't give that up. I'm never giving that one up. Don't give that up. Sisters that's straight is way better. Okay. Sisters that's straight. Yeah, I was totally gonna ask it, so that's good. Uh, amazing, and we'll absolutely have these links in our show notes. Uh, so just obviously check out shamelessx.com. It'll be the newest podcast that pops up with Malia Manning, who gave incredible relationship advice and the deterioration of relationships and so much more. And your offerings are incredible. So uh, any retreats are great. If you're going through a breakup, I just, this is one thing that when I was going through a breakup ish, it was too um, pandemic y, right? There was mm. not a lot happening. And I'm like, I don't want to be in my house. I want to yeah. go somewhere. So I think it's great that if you are even on the precipice of going through a relationship shift, it's a great tool to go to an in person retreat and meet new people, get out there, get informed, be your best self, and then go home just a better version of when you left. So I yeah. love a retreat idea. And now we can actually do those in person again, which is cool. So check out that at sisters Thank you, Malia, so much for listening, for sharing, for being here with us. You're awesome. I'm not breaking up with you anytime no. soon. Right? <laughs> Doing this in the long run. I'll come for your comment yeah. section. Yes. <laughs> come Only all good comment section. <laughs> Uh, oh, thanks so much for having me. Loved thank it. You. And to all of our listeners, you know how much we love you. Share your love too. Check us out Spotify and also on iTunes. We just need your reviews because it helps folks out there find this free resource. That's right. This is free. All you have to do is listen to the ads. It's still free and you can actually fast forward the ads. We don't recommend it because we like the products that we share, mm -hmm. but it helps people find Malia Manning and then the other amazing guests that we have on our show and we are particular and we choose wisely and we want to bring you all the resources that you need to have the, the I guess what you visualize for sex and relationships whatever you visualize for sex and relationships in your life if it's consensual of course and we want five stars and uh and you can just send an emoji but uh some people have been just doing like this is the best podcast oh, ever. Yeah. And then you give us one star. So I think this is the podcast I think ever. Some, best podcast ever. One star some though. Folks just are understanding the star process. So please just Which pay I attention. <laughs> and Spotify, you actually, all you have to do is listen to an episode and then you don't have to write anything because they don't allow you to. You just rate it. That's it. Five stars. So and the only reason that we, like, we actually need to bring our Spotify ratings up because I don't know. We don't have a oh, lot. I know the, there was another issue with oh, there was yeah, another, whole We're not going to get into that with yeah. anyone out Rance, there right now because this yeah. time is precious. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say is that I love you. I know Amy loves you too. Mm -hmm. I think about you all every single day of my life and I care about you. And thank you for joining the Shameless Sex Revolution or being a part of it. <sighs> we'll see you next Tuesday, y'all.
Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.